0: From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMTG, and I'm Eric Clayton. There is no faith without an encounter, because faith is a personal encounter with Jesus, Pope Francis writes. He goes on, One of the things that helps us when we have the Gospels before our eyes is to imagine those encounters with Jesus. Recreate them, look at him ourselves, meet him ourselves. In the Gospels, to look and to see are two very important verbs. So let us approach the episodes in the life of Jesus with eyes filled with contemplation. That was a brief excerpt from the introduction to the new book, The Life of Jesus, by veteran Vatican reporter and current editorial director of the Vatican Dicastery for Communication, Andrea Tornielli. Andrea is today's guest. And as you'll quickly learn, in his work and in his writing, he lives out Pope Francis' words. His new book isn't just a retelling of the gospel. It's an experience. It's an invitation to immerse ourselves in the story, to use our imagination and bring to life the words of Scripture. We hear, too, throughout his book, the teachings of Pope Francis. In short, this book is a compilation of biblical text, imaginative prayer, and papal insights. It's very Ignatian. And as Pope Francis reminds us, we are challenged to approach these key episodes in the life of Jesus with a contemplative spirit. And we're approaching one of those key moments now, Christmas, the incarnation. In our conversation today, Andrea pulls from his book and his own personal prayer life to help us as we journey through these remaining Advent days and prepare anew for Christ. If you'd like to learn more about the life of Christ and pick up your own copy, I've included the link to Loyola Press in the show description. Now, here's our conversation. Andrea Tornielli, welcome to AMDG. We're glad you're with us today.
1: Thank you. Good, good morning to all our listeners.
0: Yeah, good morning, good afternoon. Happy Advent, right?
1: Thank you. <laughs> well, I,
0: you know, I know you are a longtime Vatican reporter and now the editorial director of the Vatican dicastery for communications. So uh, let's start by you telling me just a little bit about your role. What are the priorities of the dicastery, and, and what kind of projects are you working on?
1: It's not a simple question to answer. But <laughs> my my role is now to coordinate uh, from uh, an editorial point of view, all the media of the Holy See, that it means the the newspaper, L'Osservatore Romano, Vatican Radio, and Vatican News website that is going up a lot in the last few years, and the publisher, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Until five years ago, I was a Vaticanist, that it means a reporter was involved in in reporting from Vatican, the Holy See, the Pope. And now, uh, five years ago, the Pope appointed me in this role as editorial director. The priority, the priority of our dicastery is uh, first of all, obviously, to collaborate in the communication of the Pope and the Holy See. But also, it is a second goal Uh, to promote communion through our communication among the churches worldwide. That it means uh, that we are looking for news and stories around the world in the peripheries and we are trying to offer to our readers uh, the news read translated in a lot of different languages. Our journalists working in the Vatican media came from 69 different countries around the world and every day of the year they are writing and broadcasting in 51 different languages. So it's it's a complex reality, it's not so simple to manage it. And and about the project, we are working on many projects uh, such as trying to document how the encyclical, for example, Laudato Si, is being applied worldwide or the many stories that feature religious figures in every periphery. So we are trying to give uh, uh, strength and to to, to people uh, around the world that they are trying to apply, for example, the magisterium, Bob Francis. And uh, so we are trying to share good stories and good news.
0: Yeah. Was it a hard transition for you to go from being a reporter to, to being kind of this, you know, Having all of these different uh, you know pieces of, of Vatican communication uh, under your portfolio?
1: I mean, sincerely, yes and no. <clears throat> it hasn't been that difficult from point of view trans- because uh, because I continue to work as a journalist, and uh, what I do remain the same, interested with my curiosity, interesting in the the, the the news about the church, the news about the Pope, and also, with a a view, with a focus on the history of the Church and the Vatican. But obviously the responsibility has changed, of course, and now I have to coordinate a large number of people, so to write less and to (laughs) coordinate more. And uh, and now I have become embedded, uh, meaning I am a part of the Roman Curia but I I try to maintain the same passion, the same curiosity as I told uh, a few minutes ago and and the same desire to understand and tell the stories uh, what is happening in the the church and and especially inside the Vatican. Our our major task is to try to present the message of the Pope in his own context so because you know we are living in a, in a time in which simplification and slogans are <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the usual way in which uh, we are <laughs> also making uh, our job. So to, to be able to give the context is so important in my opinion because for example, n- n- no everything that the Pope is saying is, is new. We are living in a time in which all it seems new because we are living it only in the present Without the possibility to turn out uh, our, our eyes to understand the past, so there is more, t- more and more facts that are I- interesting to to also for for a, for the right light uh, to to the reality of today.
0: Yeah, I really like what you say about um, kind of that that, that common through line of curiosity. You know, as a journalist, you're curious, and, and now working in, in the Curia, you're curious and, and and being curious about, you know, how the church, right, the people of God are living out uh, the Pope's invitation, of course, the invitation of Christ. I think that's a really good um, spiritual discipline for all of us to, to think about, no matter, you know, whether we're journalists or in communications or not, how are we being curious about God at work? Um, in the world. I, I want to talk a little bit, you, know, you, you said you were, you were named by Pope Francis to this, to this role you, you have now. Um, you've collaborated with, with the Pope on a number of projects, including um, you know, the name of God is mercy. So I wonder if you could just share with our listeners a little bit about what it's like to collaborate with the Pope.
1: Collaborating with the Pope means dealing with, the, first of all, an humble person who fully respects your freedom and trust in your work. Uh, a, a lot of time before my appointment here and, and and after my appointment here, what I'm sending, when I'm sending ideas, asking uh, for a question to him, uh, sending ideas, new project. The, 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 uh, his answer is the same. andate avanti? Go on, go on. <laughs> so it means that he's respecting our task and our liberty our autonomy as journalists and so is uh, this is, is it's interesting because this is a characteristic of Pope Francis. Uh, you mentioned the, the I, I, I did an interview book with the Pope uh, the name of God is mercy and uh, that I think it was a beautiful project and uh, in the year of the Jubilee of Mercy in 2015. And um, I think that it was interesting this project uh, because uh, it didn't contain any scoops or sensationalistic uh, phrases or sentences or revelations. But thanks to the word of Francis it helped uh, many people to enter into the great and liberating mystery of God's mercy. So what I want to say is that sometimes we are thinking that uh, the interest of, generally, the interest of people is focusing on political issue, uh, some sensational uh, news, but uh, in reality, and I, I have the proof of, about that, uh, this, is book, this book is the proof, that uh, there are a lot of people interested in, in the heart of the religious message. Mm-hmm. a lot of people that are looking to the Pope as a religious leader, not a political leader interested in, in, in the religious uh, message I can I can say for example in Vatican news that is a website in, 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 in so different languages 51 different languages but the 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 articles that are more uh, in uh, capable to get interest of, of people around the world are, focus on a religious message. The, the speech of the Pope, the message of the Pope, something connected with the story of Jesus, archaeology, arts, and, but is, is the religious message. So for that reason I think that uh, the, the for, for, uh, for a journalist the communication uh, from a Christian point of view is, is, is uh, a way for evangelized
0: Yeah, that's really encouraging to hear you say. I um, in in our our experience here too, kind of in my in my role, we also see um, you know people are hungry for and excited about the spirituality um, resources that we give. You know, when people come on and talk about spirituality, talk about ways of living out faith, um, you know, people are hungry for that, and I think that. Um, this is really exciting. It's an exciting place to be in because um, there is, as you as you said, this rich tradition, all this history. If we, if we if we look at it with eyes of curiosity, you know, what what new ways is God you know working, inviting us into the to the project. Um, well, let's let's talk about your current um, your your newest book, the life of Jesus. So I want to know what made you want to write it, right? And 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 who who are you hoping reads it? What are you hoping they get out of it? Um, tell me about this project.
1: I wrote this book in response to the suggestion of a friend who is a priest during the lockdown uh, in the first period of the pandemic in 2020. He, this, um, this friend the priest, of, uh, he, he lives in Turin, um, he was struck by the Pope daily homilies at Santa Marta Mass. If you remember, there are a lot of people around the world that every day they are connecting Uh, for airing uh, the the, the speeches of the Pope and to participate to to, to his mass. So this friend uh, mentioned that uh, and he said that it would would be wonderful to write uh, a life of Christ using the comments of Francis taken by the daily homily of the Pope. So this this was the suggestion, the request. It was not my idea. I I took two or three months thinking how to do it and after I start to to write. Uh, So um, it's a book intended for everyone both those familiar with the gospel and those who are not and uh, I hope that those who read it can become curious, passionate and can encounter the protagonist of the story that it means Jesus what I tried I tried to do is to uh, to make in this in in a, in, a, in a chronological line all the facts taken by the from from the four gospels and uh, try to present the life of Jesus as, as a novel and but trying to to make so clear also from a uh, from a, uh, visual point of view the difference between my uh, the part who I used my imagination not fantasy imagination is different the part of authority that it means the word taken by the gospel and the part with a short but so concrete comments uh, of, of the Pope about this uh, uh, sheen of, of the gospel. I try to do my job of, of reporter uh, trying to to enter inside the 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 sheen of the gospel
0: yeah i it's it's you've done the reader such a favor i think by presenting both um you know the scripture uh, uh, insights from the Pope, and then your own um, kind of exegesis, your own kind of immersion into the story. You know, instead of having to have three or four books, you know, set out in front of you as, as someone during your prayer time, you, you have this one book, which is, which is really wonderfully accessible. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how your training as a journalist um, helped you uh, enter into this story in a way that perhaps um, is unique and different?
1: it was uh, the first uh, first mo- moment it was not easy because uh, until that moment i wrote a lot of book too much a lot of book uh, but uh, until this book uh, i wrote books that are making by a journalist and sometimes as a researcher about a biography story of the pope also about the 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 gospels but from a point of view that uh, you are making a research you, you are saying this or that but in this case it was different because i i was uh, it was a uh, it was a challenge for me because it was uh, in place not only my professionality as journalist but also myself my faith my view uh, about faith my experience of faith because for me it, it's it's so difficult it, now I can say that it's impossible to write a life of Jesus as an indifferent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to be part of the story for be able to transmit something. So the challenge was to be, to to remain a journalist, and for me, being a journalist has been fundamental because I envision myself as a reporter approaching the scene of the gospel with my notepad that uh, I stay in front of the encounter with Jesus, the events that happened at the 2,000 years ago, and try to describe them as, as a reporter, narrating words, gestures, glances, sensation, and details about the circumstances. I want to underline the difference between fantasy and imagination, because fantasy, you can, you can have a dream, if you are dreaming. Fantasies, close your eyes, and uh, this is fantasy. At the opposite, imagination, it means that I have a so concrete description of the sheen. I have the gospel. So I have all the things of the story, all the elements of the story, sometimes more, sometimes less, but I have all the story. So my imagination, it was simply to help to help for presenting the, the whole scene also with details that are not included in the Gospel. If the, 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 the weather, the smell, the, mm. the, the, the face of this or of the other testimonies, I try to put for each person uh, of the Gospel a name. So, uh, um, n- not big things. Not a big work of fantasy, but a, a, a little um, wor- a little job for helping people to enter in the scene. Thinking also in people that they are not knowledge about the four different gospels, and they cannot afford the, the, the entire story mm-hmm. of the life of Jesus from the from the start to the end. It's not ended yet. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, and to be able to also to offer some view. Because, as you know, the gospel is not simply written words. Also, the message of Jesus are not simple written words. The message of Jesus are gestures, eyes to eyes, Mm -hmm. meeting, encounters, the tenderness to be near the sufferings of people, to be near the untouchable, to be near the sinners. So I think that presenting the life of Jesus is trying to enter in this new that I, I i can i can say that is a revolutionary in reality because it's a totally change of of our categories for entering in, in the new view that is a view of god the god of mercy
0: yeah yeah, and it's such an—I don't I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it's such an exercise in Ignatian spirituality, right? That The imaginative prayer, the, the contemplation of the scene, you, you do it so beautifully. Um, so for folks that are—and uh, many of our, our listeners are going to be accustomed to Ignatian spirituality, as, of course, is the Pope, right? Um, and and um, it's just such a, a, a wonderful exercise in exactly that, the, the senses and the putting yourself in the moment. I wonder if you know, we're in the Advent season, um, was there anything uh, particular for the Advent journey that, that your work um, on this book uh, kind of uh, relayed to you, or, or that you've been thinking about having now written it and having it out in the world?
1: Um, we rightly tend to look at the Advent thinking and preparing for the arrival of the protagonist of the God becoming man. Uh, In writing the book, uh, I learned uh, to look at this period of waiting by paying attention to the eyes of Mary and Joseph. Mary, a a pure girl, and Joseph, a righteous man, who had everything and everyone against against them. So I I learned to, to look at the advent with the story of this family and the story is, is, is a story of with difficulties from, from the start. Still, with their, with their yes, the yes of Mary, first of all, who allowed the incarnation, but also the yes of Joseph to, to be a father for, for Jesus, uh, th- those two, they allowed God to incarnate they safeguarded and welcomed the life of that little child. It, it's, it's interesting to underline that the Almighty became the weakest and needed the courage and care of a very young mother and a wise father. So I learned for me to live and to, to look at the advent with, with, the, eyes of this, uh, with the eyes of Mary and, and Joseph. So it is a different perspective. Hmm. Beautiful.
0: you, You write in your introduction, quote, I am being challenged to take another step, to enter into the gospel so as to meet its protagonist, to live him, to see him, to speak, to be moved, to communicate his merciful gaze and his redemptive and liberating word, end quote. Having finished the project, I'm wondering, what do you think you've learned about Jesus, about the protagonist? How have you responded to this initial challenge that you spell out so so beautifully in your introduction?
1: In fact, writing the book made me realize that we are accustomed to commenting on the gospel scenes by immediately delving into the doctrinal or moral consequences they have for our lives. It's correct, usually also in the homily you can say this. Uh, Preaching often follows the same pattern. However, we are not often accustomed to dwell in the gospel scenes, to stay in the gospel scene before to think to the consequence, doctrinal, moral, about our lives. No, to stay in the scene. Throughout this work I experienced uh, that uh, inhabiting the gospel scene continually reveals new things and brings you closer to the heart of Jesus' message. For that reason, the Pope is asking a lot of time, uh, is asking to have a daily contact with the gospel. Also, if you are not using to go to, to, to the Mass every day, but to, to, to read the gospel of the day, for example, to have, a, uh, to have a contact, daily contact. So at the end of the project, I discovered, for example, the, the greatness and the beauty of some gospel characters that I wasn't familiar with before, such as the exceptional figure of the centurion of Capernaum who doesn't feel worthy to have Jesus come to his home and this experience left me with a desire to tell this story even more and after finishing the book I created a podcast in 60 episodes, it's finished yet, that narrates the life of Jesus. We published it on Vatican news website and on a major podcast platform like Spotify. The last two episodes were released 10 days ago and so I because I I, I feel, I felt during the, the, the experience with the book that uh, really we can help people to enter in the scene of the gospel and to, to meeting, to, to, and to, to meet with the protagonist that is Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, and you really capture these, these characters. And I want to go back, you, you had, um, you're talking a little bit about uh, Mary and Joseph. I think you really captured something um, of the experience of people who are forced to be on the move, right? Away from their homes, uh, migrants, refugees. You captured something of that experience in your description of Joseph and Mary traveling to Bethlehem. And this is the line that really spoke to me, um, quote, they never spoke about it. They being uh, Mary and Joseph, they never spoke about it during these difficult days, but both Mary and Joseph were ardently hoping that their child would not be born on the journey, end quote. And you stressed how determined they were to find a, quote, a place for them, a place apart, uh, a place just, you know, specific to their own needs. So I wonder, what were you trying to portray about the Holy Family um, in those early days, in that, um, that time, you know, again, in the Advent time, that Christmas time?
1: Yeah. Indeed, we are accustomed to seeing Christmas as a beautiful, somewhat sugary story with lights, etc. you know. Uh, sometimes too sweet <laughs> <laughs> but it is also a dramatic story because a family forced to travel, a child born in the precariousness of a stable, persecution by an evil king and a flight abroad to save their lives. There is not only sweetness and good feelings, <laughs> the drama of, the, of life Hatred, difficulties immediately enter the scenes of the of the story. We cannot forget this, just as we cannot forget that the story of the Holy Family is the same as that of many migrants, refugees, and displaced people who risk their lives seeking a better future. As Christians, we are called to see the family of Jesus in theirs. And I want to underline, for example, that in the 50s, Pope Pius XII published uh, an apostolic constitution uh, that is called Exul Familia, it was, uh, the, 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 the second family as refugees, in which he made the statement that the Holy Family is the icon and the model for all the migrants, the refugees of. The, all the time, in the past and in the future. So with this, with this consciousness in our eyes and our heart, it's not possible to see the drama of the migrants, whichever is, could, would be the, the, the reason because they are uh, making the, 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 their journey, it's impossible for a Christian not to see the only family in in those in those persons uh, for a christian is is the, is the same because the story the the it was so so difficult the start of the story for jesus and 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 his family
0: yeah, no I, I just it just I feel like it jumped off the page at me when I was reading that section and um i i was i was my guess that's what what you were trying to um to portray but uh it was just so wonderfully done and just kind of very these these kind of crisp lines that i, I found really moving um let, let's talk about the magi because i feel like you also did a really uh a nice job describing like bringing them off the page in ways that we aren't always accustomed to um you give each of them their own personalities so both and i'm not familiar with the history of the magi so maybe this is tradition but you see balthazar is the wisest he's the one you say has has deciphered the teachings of Zoriastri- Zorian Zoroastrianism. um melchior is the the first to receive god's warning about herod how did you research um or how much did you research about the magi versus how much of it was again your own kind of imagination from your own prayer and uh and, and reflection
1: uh, Cicely, the story and personality of the Meiji is one of the chapter where I could give more space to my imagination because little or it's better to say nothing is known about them. Right. <laughs> so we, I, I read a lot but, but uh, we have not any knowledge about, about them. I saw in them good people uh, from, different, from totally different culture not not a culture of the of the jew not the culture of israel from different countries but uh, the good people pas- passionate in, in their search capable of great impulses of humanity willing to risk everything to follow an inner or outer illumination because in the gospel we we, uh, we are talking about the star but uh, Maybe that also this star could be inside their hearts. <laughs> but uh, they, they, they were willing to risk everything, to follow this illumination. So I imagine them so engrossed in their research that they were abstracted for the world around them when they are discussing, when they are studying, when they are trying to, to, put, to make uh, the, their project and uh, as as we still see today in certain in certain shanties you know in certain researchers uh, sometimes you you can you can find some researchers that are able to to discuss the think to make hypotheses uh, without uh, uh, and uh, they are totally isolated from <laughs> from the from all the other personal they are not able to say if it if day or night they are so in inside, so I imagine this this kind of uh, human <laughs> of humanity,
0: yeah no i I love that, and it really comes through and I want to read just this vivid scene, you know um again, just kind of playing off of your your imagination here the um I feel like so often the magi you know, to just show up. Like, they show up in the nativity scene. Um, we add three figures, you know, in our, in our scene or whatever it is, or, or, you know, the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, and I, I guess I had never really given thought to the actual arrival and, and what the logistics would be. And I think you did just a wonderful job. And I just want to read this, again, just a one line here um, of this vivid scene of their arrival to Bethlehem. You write, quote, They started off in a solemn procession, once again being greeted with curious looks of the Bethlehemites escorted by a throng of barefoot children goading the horses and camels singing and shouting end quote i just love that scene because it's it's very visual um but it feels very real like it feels like oh that's right these are these are real people who arrived you know literally had to get from a to b and and of course the local community would be like who are these people and um, I just feel like I, I really like that line a lot. So, I, I, again, as we're going moving from Advent to Christmas and to Epiphany, I think that's a, that's a, worth, a worthwhile line to reflect on. Um, just, you know, kind of as you're thinking about the, the project in whole, what was the most challenging part of, of the book to write?
1: Hey, for me, the most challenging part to write was the passion and death of Jesus. Hmm. Um, I wrote it in a week. Being able to devote full time to the book because I was staying home with COVID. I get COVID in February, 2000, uh, 2022, and so I, I was staying home with COVID, and I have I had an entire week dedicating only to to thinking and to imagining and to writing the book. Uh, at the same time, because one thing that I want to say that uh, my my job was not to read, stay, imagine and after write. No. Because for me imag- Im- imagine and writing was the same time. I imagine myself and I was writing what I, what I, what I was seeing in that moment. So it was close. It's not different steps separated in, 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 in time. So it was the, the passion and death of Jesus I try to be faithful to the gospel text and to help the reader enter to the drama of suffering and love that saved us. I try to describe the passion through our looks, uh, those of Jesus to Peter and of Peter to Jesus, the look of Judas who despairs when he sees that Jesus does not show his powers and agrees to be condemned and killed. And also the look of Mary, the mother, that he was uh, uh, behind the cross. Uh, so uh, it was the, the mo- most most difficult and touching part to 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 write because it is the description of a, a big sufferance, and uh, sometimes the gospel is 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 so in the gospel there are not so many. Mm, uh, description but in the reality what's happening was so so terrible and so dramatic so I tried to put this in 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 in, in the book it was a part most touchable
0: did you um were there, uh, were there any of these parts of the book that you wrote during the liturgical season that that, that it was that we were kind of reading the the readings uh, and at, at mass
1: it, it, more or less mm. No, no. In reality, not. Also, if in February when I when I finished the book, it was uh, on Lent, uh, so there is a part w- with a, with a with a part of coincidence. But in reality, reality, not. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's changed. It totally changed my attitude. When now I'm at mass and I'm hearing the lecture of the gospel, I, I, I'm not the same of of before to write in the book because. To try to make the job to put all the facts in a chronological line and to put my attention for imagining myself inside the scene, now it changes my attitude when, I'm, when uh, I, I'm hearing a reading of, of the gospel because uh, it's, it's different and it's interesting that each time we are rereading the same chain and the same, same page of the gospel we are discovering new things, mm-hmm. discovering a particular, discovering so uh, small things but different is it, it, new. So it is also this it, it's, it's so interesting, the, the novelty of the gospel.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, obviously you brought your your full self to it, your full, you know, your prayer to the to the project. Um, I, just last question, you know, as, as you're uh, speaking to people, what, what is the thing that you want them to know about Jesus? Having now finished this book, um, having you know, talked to people that have read it, um, what is that one thing uh, that you really hope people uh, know and learn uh, about Jesus?
1: My dream, my desire, I would like them to at least feel interest in him, feel, feel interest in Jesus that they would understand how extraordinarily unique his figure is in the whole human history, that they would understand how revolutionary his message was. On every page of the Gospel, Jesus breaks taboos, human religious tradition, respectability, and reaches out to sinners, the unprepossessing, the untouchable, the discarded, Every page of the gospel shows us this uh, reversal and at the same time shows Jesus capable of compassion and mercy. So a great, powerful, timely message. What our world really needs, what each of us really needs. Today we are living in a time in which uh, is so simple, speak and comments, digital era social media, sometimes we are commenting before to know the facts. We are already commenting the facts. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. We are commenting except uh, the reality. It's not important, it's no more important than reality. And to, but uh, we are living in a time in which all we are able to speak and to comment but it's so difficult to find someone who is able to listen to you. Mm. Dialogue means to stay in silence, not to say nothing and to start listening. So I think that also today in a, so in, in a situation with a different culture, in a situation in which uh, sometimes it seems so difficult to speak about uh, God and uh, some values, but in reality, there are a lot of persons that are looking for uh, another person who is able to listen. And the message of God, the God of mercy, is um, the message of a God that is listening to you, embracing you, first of all. He is embracing you without any precondition, without asking you to change nothing. Embracing you and saying, you, I love you. You are important for me. I'm near to you. So this is a message so powerful, and and this is the message of each page of the gospel. It is.
0: Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Thank you. I, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful thing too for for folks as they're moving from Advent into Christmas to to remember that that's, you know, what arrives on on Christmas Day. Andrea, thank you so much for being with us on AMDG. Your book, The Life of Jesus, is available now from Loyola Press in English. Um, we'll we'll put a link to that in our uh, in the show description. Uh, and we hope you'll come back uh, and talk to us again.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. AMDG
0: is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States and recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. This episode was edited by me, Eric Clayton. Our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference Communications team is Mike Lasky, Marcus Bleach, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, Kristen Smith, and me, Eric Clayton. Connect with the Jesuits at jesuits.org and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Get our weekly email reflection series, Now Discern This, by visiting jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know would like to learn more about becoming a Jesuit or Jesuit life in general, connect with your local vocation promoter at beajesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at media at jesuits.org. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, And finally, as St. Ignatius may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.